Heatog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heatog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heatog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a heat hog just the right size for you to get easy-to-use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with Heat Hog. Visit HeatHog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat Hog, the only one that tilts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. I'm Laura Shera, your host for today. And I have to say, I am thrilled about our next guest on the podcast. And I've known her for many, many years because she's my sister, Simone Shera. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, this is either going to be the easiest or most difficult podcast I've ever done to have you on the podcast. I don't, you know, I was thinking like, what questions do you ask your sister on an interview? Because it almost makes it more challenging because we know each other so well. (laughs) I think that it does. But my challenge is if I can be like Oprah and maybe make you cry. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's my job. I'm the interviewer. Uh, well, I, I wanted to have you on the podcast, um, first and foremost, uh, because you are an avid outdoors woman and you do a lot for the outdoor community in giving back and introducing other women into the, um, the sport of pheasant hunting and duck hunting and turkey hunting and all sorts of things. But um, you also are a very uh, interesting woman. So I just wanted to have you on a guest, as a guest to chat about you and your passions about the outdoors because they definitely run deep and um, you do a lot for others in the community. So I wanted to have you share that. Uh, Well, I do. Thank you. I'm kind of like hidden gem behind the scenes of the Shara family, but um, I do try my best to try to get women involved as I started very young following our father through pheasant fields and things like that and found myself to be the only girl in the group per se, uh, very often. And so therefore it's really fun to see more and more groups be formed and ladies only pheasants forever chapters and things like that, that women are getting more involved in hunting and fishing. For sure. What, um, let's go back a few years to some of your earliest memories of being with dad in the outdoors. Like, do you remember the first time he kept you out much longer than he should have? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, dad might be terrified of this podcast when he sees that you and I are chatting and letting all the dirty laundry out to the public. The, the truth will prevail. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a couple trips, um, I guess. I'm uh, as m- much as I don't like to cringe and saying that I am the older of the sisters. Um, so therefore I was probably the first to break the ice. Um, one of the trips that we did, um, the both of us did, but we did them separately when we got to a certain age was a trip to the boundary waters. Oh Um, uh, my trip was seven days long, six days of pouring down rain and about 24 miles of paddling hell (laughs) Um, attacked by noceums, my back of my neck was a hamburger and I truly have never been back since. So, um, I've kind of started, we have some other funny ones, um, taking along with dad deer hunting. Um, we, he, we were bow hunting and he put us up in a willow tree and it was freezing cold. Um, and we made bets that we wouldn't see a deer, and I was annoying 12-year-old. And he finally got us down out of the tree and squatted at the base. And lo and behold, here comes a doe. Um, and she's no more than 15 yards from us and, and 
with archery, dad, I'm telling him that he needed to uh, pull back on the bow. And when he did, he missed. And yeah, I don't think so. We've had some pretty good memories, radio um, fights of who, what music was going to be played and road trips and things like that. I followed him many, 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 many miles um, in a lot of pheasant fields for lots of passions. Um, Thanksgiving, we spend a lot of time out in Lake Andy, South Dakota, and uh, I loved watching the dogs work. I love being a part of that. I love training the dogs, taking the dogs in the garage and doing some stuff like that, working with Lorelai Delaney. Um, so yeah, a lot of memories of that I've created for myself and my dad and, and your dad too. So for sure. Well, the, the Boundary Waters trip was this like rite of passage that um, dad that we both needed to experience. And the Boundary, Water, Boundary Waters, of course, is a beautiful, beautiful part of our um, of our state. But unfortunately, when your trip was filled with deer flies and, um, you know, sometimes when we would be out with dad, you, you would say, like, for instance, you're with the deer flies with you, like your neck hurts. And then he would kind of be like, are you sure it hurts? And we're like, no, it, it hurts. And then he didn't realize that your your back of your neck was like literally raw from, from no deer stamps. fly bites. Yes. Yeah, no Sam's is what it was, which are like little itty bitty tiny gnats for those that don't know. And uh, they like to bury up underneath things, your clothes around your neck collars. And they happen to get up underneath my hair. And yeah. by the, it took tears to finally <laughs> say I've had enough. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know what? Great memories. We had stopped and looked at an old car that was on an island, tall grass, and we came out, and I think we had wood ticks galore all over us. It was, yeah, that was another memory. I remember you and I were turkey hunting in South Dakota um, and letting you go first. And uh, he sat you in a wood tech patch. I remember that. Oh yes, I yeah I do remember that. I um I and I remember you and Dad laughing when I was like literally had I don't I don't know how many wood ticks all over me, but it was well into the forties, um, double digits for sure. But that was even before like we were worried about Lyme's disease. I it was like I wasn't totally freaked out, but now today that would be a different story. But yeah, the Boundary Waters trip was one of those where I remember you coming back and seeing your experience and thinking kind of dreading that it was going to be my turn. And sure enough, it was my turn. And I also had um, quite a few days of rain. I know the benefit of being the younger one, dad shortened the trip because I think he did realize he probably overdid it with you. But um, yeah, lots of, lots of great memories growing up, some of which we laugh at now, but um, you certainly followed in his footsteps with the um, getting a dog and you know, people don't know that you are a big animal lover and you have a menagerie of animals um, <laughs> either in your house or outside of your house at all times. And my sister was the one to bring home um, before you were of age to get your own dog, which you did, but you would bring home stray animals a lot. And some all of which, time. yes, nonstop. And, and it was known that if she brought one home, it was not leaving the house. It was like for sure staying and some of which, like the wild baby bunny, eventually was let go, but put back in the wild. But some of the others did stay. Um, so my sister was, you know, you were notorious for bringing home animals. You've always been an animal lover. And then you eventually um, got your own dog. You, you got one of original Raven's puppies. I did. I did. I kept a, a male out of her uh, litter, her one and only litter that she had. And um, he ended up to be a 98 pound moose. Um, Hoosier was his name. And, and he was the uh, best. Hoosier was, he was the best. He was, he was the Mr. most laid back male ever. And dad used to tell me, you know what? One of these days, Simone, that dog's going to get his, you know, what kicked. And oh, I was paranoid he would, but he never did. Um, but he wasn't a fighter either. He was more just kind of every every gentleman's dog for sure. Um, but yeah, he lived a good 14 years and 
and a nice long life. And um, then after he had passed, I didn't want another male again because he ran away quite often. Um, but then our dear friend who has now passed, Lorelai Delaney, had offered, she had a litter of puppies and said, uh, Might just come look at them. Well, lo and behold, I do. And that was a yellow lab. Again, a male. That's her litter was only males. And they happened to be born on my son's birthday. So they're like hook, line, and sinker. Down I go. And here comes another male home uh, rider. So, and he spent 12 years with us. And so, yeah, now I have no more males. I have a nice little tiny 48 pound female Raya and, uh, she is delightful. And, you know, you've done a lot of your own training with your dog and you have also on the side and I, we're not advertising this as a full-time business, but you have taken in other people's puppies to do some puppy training. Um, (laughs) and how did you decide to get into that business? Um, I work pretty closely with um, Tom Dockin, Oak Ridge Kennels, and his wife and I are our best friends, um, Tina Dockin, yes. And uh, she, so outside of Tina and I, but Tom um, often gets some requests from people that just don't have the time to do the potty training and housebreaking of their dogs. So um, I kind of started of people are willing to pay me to go through the triumph of getting their dog's house broken. Um, And at that point, they're probably usually done with me four months, and then at five months, they go to him. But yeah, so it's kind of a a neat little side gig that I can do here and there. Um, And I guess I'm going to break a little bit. I'm usually I'm pretty good at it. So you're very um, good at it. the, The house breaking can be tricky, but it I think you have to be very um, obedient, I guess, on top of it and very just consistency, consistency. So I'm blessed that I work from home and I'm able to have that time. So that kind of helps and and letting them know where the right spot is to to go outside. Yeah. Do you, if you had any tips for people with puppies, um, we've had, you know, Tom Dockin on chatting about dog training and um, of course, he chatted mostly about training in the field, and you are so good at dog training and and also doing all the the obedience training and the house training and things like that, which um again, people can get frustrated with or not really know what to do. Do you have just general advice when it comes with to puppies and just getting them acclimated to your house when you first bring them home? to potty training, any, any tips there? Yeah, I think, well, um, consistency is key. Um, I do crate train and you're bringing your puppy home. Those first couple of days or when they're in the crate, um, can be hard on your, on your heartstrings. Um, there's a lot of puppy crying and screaming. The worst thing you can do is let them out when they are screaming because they learn that that is, you know, the name of the game. Um, but you can do it in increments as well. Um, you always bring your dog out to the same spot. A lot of times they will pee or defecate in the same, they like to go in the same spot consistently. So that kind of helps when you do clean up a mess, take that paper towel or that towel and set it out in the spot that you'd like them to go because then their smell is there. Um, and don't be, you know, use the crate or when they're done eating, usually within 30 minutes of their morning meal, they uh, need to use the bathroom. So uh, that helps too. And in the moment after they have done that, it's a big celebration and make it a really fun time of that. If they had pottied outside, it's, it's a party. So, you know, good dog, happy, 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 happy and praise and, and all dogs love praise. Um, Sometimes, not very often, I don't, I don't use treats, uh, especially my primary that I work with our labs and they're good just by love and affection. So that can kind of help in getting started out. Um, but yeah, use your crate in the most effective way. And it may seem tough and hard because um, the puppy is miserable being in there, but eventually that becomes their safe spot. 
and uh, we feed in the crate. We have naps in the crate. We time out in the crate. Um, and they're in there for a little bit and then they're back out and then, and pretty soon they learn to love that space. Very true. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. It's summer season, which means thunderstorms can roll on in. Are you prepared for a power outage at your home or business? The Minnesota Propane Association wants you to know that installing a propane generator will ensure peace of mind when the power goes out. Also, the same propane that powers your generator can also power all the major appliances in your home. Installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business will reduce the size and cost of the generator. Imagine running all your gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones to run during a power outage. Reliable, affordable, safe. Propane, the energy for everyone. To find out more about generators and propane appliances, go to propane.com. Fall is here, and that means crisp, cool air. And turning on your furnace only to find out it's old, tired, and worn out. Scott for Aquarius Home Services with some good news. Now through October 14th, Aquarius is having a huge fall blowout sale with 25% off whole home heating and cooling systems. Yep, 25% off a new furnace and AC system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com to schedule your free in-home consultation and enjoy a cozy comfy home for years to come there's also like an adjustment period i think when families have young kids and also a puppy and how do you balance you know the higher the energy of the family and the kids get of course the higher the energy the puppy's going to go and sometimes that can be a hard balance on teaching kids as much of a of kind of how to be around puppies as much as the puppies to be around the kids. Do you have mm-hmm. advice with that, with, with young kids and puppies and kind of making that cohesive? Cause that can turn into chaos. Oh, it can turn into chaos. Um, I think have a family meeting ahead of time before you do bring that puppy home. I think it's really good to set expectations of everybody. I do suggest also with kids, depending on their age, give them a job have them participate in in the whole process of training the dog or feeding the dog or helping the parent give the commands of, you know, kennel or different things like that. Um, and then it's okay for the puppy to have a timeout, like I said, in the crate. And if the puppy is screaming, you can, you know, put it in your basement or somewhere that's well, obviously well ventilated or things like that to help distract the noise. Um, and then the kids also underst- have to understand that they need to have boundaries with the puppy and the puppies are kind of toddlers and they don't always understand because puppy teeth are sharp. Um, but you know, it's figuring out a balance and, and communication, communication with everybody on who's responsible for what. So true. Should we disclose to the listeners how many times you and I had to clean dog kennels when we were children? <laughs> That could be a full hour podcast in and on itself. <laughs> You're right. And I'm not going to give away those secrets either. <laughs> we were shoveling a lot of dog poo as kids. Like, let's just be honest. And hosing out a yes, lot of kennels. Cleaning out dog water buckets because we just didn't have one dog. We had many dogs. And then it was you that convinced mom and dad to get the house indoor dog, which was, um, we finally did it, which was great. We had many indoor dogs after that too, but yeah, the hunting dogs, um, there's a lot of chores with that, but it was looking back, of course, it's always good too. that. That was part of our chore list, but I do remember many hours of cleaning kennels. <laughs> so- which is good. I think that's, that's to this day, I think, um, they're it's a okay like i just said family participation 
it's going to be everyone's responsibilities for taking care of this animal. And I think that happens a lot of times parents, you know, a child wants a dog so bad and then you go get the animal and guess what? It becomes the, the parents, adults project, not the kids project. And so we definitely didn't have that. It would be dad's hunting dog, but we were his laborers. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, And also, I think it's one thing, too, that you're really great at with your dogs is um, making sure they get the right amount of exercise, specifically having labs and the energy levels of labs. And, you know, you can see people get frustrated with their dog bouncing off the wall in the house. But you're a really good advocate of making sure dogs get the exercise they need every single day. That's super important. I think, you know, exercise, discipline, affection um, is very, very important. And I also think socialization is even more important, especially when they're at a young age. Um, You know, bringing your your puppy into situations and not always do older dogs like puppies. So it's just kind of being cautious always and what kind of situation you're going to put your puppy and or your dog in. Um, And dogs don't always have to meet each other. That is, that's for sure. It's okay to set some boundaries with that. Um, But at our household, every night we, uh, we go for 15 minute walks. There's no doubt about that. And if I don't, I have a little five pound worky that lets me know I forgot. Um, so it's important. They look forward to those things. They look, they can't tell time, but they definitely are um, used to a routine. They know that we eat in the morning. They know uh, that, you know, going out in the morning and, and our walks at night and when dinner time is at six o'clock at this house for the dogs. And they definitely let me know. So I think, yeah, it's super important um, to at least take 10 to 15 minutes out of your day um, to help that animal exercise and use his senses and and get to be a dog. For sure. So moving on into some of the outdoor activities, you know, you're, um, one of your passions, of course, besides your animals, you have two horses as well. And at one point you had a cat and a bunny <laughs> and a couple of dogs. <laughs> I think that was I it. Am I missing anything? Had, yeah, we had ducks. Yeah. Oh, well, we growing had, up. Yes. I mean, we were no, raised by we wolves. Okay. Oh, right. Yes, Jake, my son had ducks. We did the try to hatch the eggs at grandpa's house, which failed. So then we had to go to the farm store and we bought baby ducks and mallards. And then um, we once they got to a certain age, we I think we released them and then one of the other times over at Armstrong Kennels they have a big display of ducks and things like that so we brought them over there so they could hang out with other ducks um yes we had a a bunny for a while which was a prime example of when your kid says they want an animal and then you get it and then I end up taking care of it um let me see yeah (laughs) there's been a few animals there's been a few, but that's okay. That's great. No, I love it. I mean, at our cabin on 4th of July, just the number of dogs just started growing. First, it was um, just Raven and Hoosier. And then, of course, I ended up getting original bacon. And then you had Maddie. And just the number of dogs just grew every year. And it, that was my favorite part of having them all up at the cabin and running around and um, watching the smallest one boss everybody around. And she still does today. Or but, get pummeled. pummeled yes, they're true. throwing throwing tennis balls, and then she gets in the way, and mm-hmm. yeah, lots of memories there for sure. She got ran over a few times, but she's fine, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what are your favorite passions? Of course, is working with Raya now, your female black lab, and um, and you spend a lot of time. You're going duck hunting this weekend, but you also spend a lot of time um, pheasant hunting with her. What what is it about? pheasant hunting or duck hunting or, you know, just being in the outdoors, what does it do for you? Um, I think there is a side, um, of, of this beautiful country that we live in that a lot of people don't get to see. I've seen many sunrises. I've seen many sunsets. Um, God has created a 
a beautiful countryside that I think everyone needs to take some peace and enjoy. Um, I love sharing a sandwich with the dog in a duck blind or watching her tail go ecstatically when she's in a pheasant field, um, knowing, you know, that rooster is, or bird for that matter is going to flush. Um, it's just something about removing yourself from computers and phones and city life and, and, um, just everyday household life, just to getting out and enjoying uh, the great outdoors. It's very true. There, um, there's something about a sunrise that's so special when you are either sitting in the woods or, you know, if you're in a duck blind, what have you. But there's there's a way the natural world wakes up that you don't see if you're just hanging out in a neighborhood. And it's from the first moment you hear birds start chirping to um, just the movement that starts to happen from squirrels. And then it's a little bit more. And then all of a sudden there's this chatter happening that was not there just 20 minutes ago. Um, It's fun to sit still in those moments and kind of watch the world wake up in that manner. Oh, absolutely. Um especially with the, in watching the sunrise or even when the sun sets, it's um, watching everyone settle in for the night or gather their last bit of food or whatever it is that they're, are doing. Um, It's just, it's a lot of gratitude, a lot of gratitude when you're out in the field. For sure. And you also are hosting, um, one of your other passions is introducing other women to the outdoors. And you've done some work with, um, the bow program with Minnesota DNR becoming an outdoor woman. And you have a special event coming up in October. What are you planning? I do. Um, one of the fastest growing, uh, when you, I don't want to say one of the fastest growing parts of the hunting world is that women are getting more involved in fishing and hunting. And um, actually, a lot of our youth are not. And there's kind of a middle gap there where it was mainly man prominent. Um, so I was asked by Hills View Hunts out in Eureka, South Dakota, to uh, try to get a group of women together and come out and do some pheasant hunting on the South Dakota pheasant opener, which if you haven't been to South Dakota pheasant hunting, um, it is the Mecca of all Meccas when it comes to pheasant hunting. They definitely farm and field towards their pheasants out there. Um, So the numbers can be really high if they've had a really good hatch and um, just the experience I think is is special just in that. Um, There's a lot of groups out there that are offering for women to come out and learn how to go hunting or learn how to do shooting and things like that. And we will offer that as well. So if you're new or unsure, by all means, don't be hesitant to to sign up. But it's also just an opportunity um, for women that are experienced and and want to have an opportunity to a chance to come out and hunt with some other women and have some good dogs in front of them and great land to walk, um, that we're going to offer a, a women's only pheasant hunt on the opener of South Dakota, which I have had a lot of men like, really, is this for, you know, women only? Well, you know what, this time, <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Cause it's a big deal. If you've ever been out to South Dakota on a opener weekend, it's a big, big deal. A lot of cities um, will bring in bands and their bars and they have cookouts. And it's really kind of a celebration of a of a major thing to the South Dakotians. So it's kind of fun that Hills View has decided to open up their lodge to us women. And that is October 20th through the 22nd of um, 2023. And Kevin and his group have some great dogs and some uh, great fields that we're looking forward to tromping through over 10,000 acres wow. of prime habitat. Um, so yeah, hillsviewhunts.com uh, if you wanted to check out the 
lodge and things like that or reach out to Kevin if you're even interested in coming. We'd love to have you. There's no limit really on women. There's enough fields that we could break up in groups if we need to. Um, but will be some good meals and good camaraderie and uh, some great hunting and and look forward to to meeting the ladies out there and having them join us and and see what we can do with some, some pheasants. And I think unfortunately you have something else going on that you are unable to join us. But I know I'm out of town that weekend, which I'm super bummed. It'd be so much fun, and you know you're being really humble by. Um, my sister is not one to brag, but she's an incredible pheasant hunter. So I'm an, an incredible shot and you're also an incredible instructor. And it is so nice to have a place to go if you're in, you know, sometimes if it's all beginners and, um, which is great, but it's nice to have that middle ground area where if you're not a total expert, but you're not necessarily a beginner, a place to continue to learn and to get better. And you're the perfect person to do that with. Um, because you know, you're a great instructor, but also South Dakota and the, and the birds there are wild birds, as you can explain, are so different than if you're beginning to learn at a game farm, for instance, it's a whole different ball game at the whole different level of hunting and it moves a little bit faster. So it's, a, I, I think it's such a great opportunity to be able to, if you are somewhat still new or not quite super advanced, it's a wonderful place to continue to learn. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And um, like I said, I think it's great that there's all kinds of um, opportunities at game farms locally in Minnesota and in South Dakota that they offer these um, pheasant hunts for women that are just getting started. Um, but you are right, going to this next level, birds get up a lot faster, move a lot faster. The South Dakota winds can take that bird and be gone in 2.2 seconds. Like but I also love the aspect of, um, I just, no pressure. Sometimes in all kindness in my years and years and years of hunting, I haven't, you know, very rarely are you going to f- see a pheasant flush and the the men that you're hunting with are going to look at you and say, go ahead, sweetheart, you take the first shot. No, you're on your own. Like come one, come all. And that's okay. I wouldn't expect it any other different. Um, This way, I think some ladies might feel a little bit less pressure um, than they would have hunting with a man that has a ton of experience out there and, and knows what's going to come their way when that bird flushes. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope that um, we will, I have such a great experience and that's my goal is to offer these women just an experience of pheasant hunting outside of a, of your local game farm. If you're looking for an awesome bird hunting adventure, then now is a great time to head to the state of North Dakota. Why? Well, this year, the state of North Dakota has reported that pheasant counts are up 61% from last year. The sharp-tailed grouse numbers are up. 116%. And get this, the Hungarian partridge numbers have tied an all-time high that comes in at 200% above last year. I've already hunted in North Dakota this season, and I've seen these bird numbers for myself. Water levels are also up, which means the total number of wetlands are up, 76% above the long-term average. The state's breeding duck index was the 23rd highest on record this year, 39% above the long-term average at 3.4 million. All of these numbers mean that there are more ducks, more geese, pheasants, sharpies, and Hungarian partridge on the landscape. In North Dakota, you can experience an epic waterfall hunter in the peak of the fall migration and have the best upland hunt of your life all in the same day. I know this because I've done it myself. Start planning your world-class hunt in North Dakota at HelloND.com. Ron Shera here with a question. Have you ever heard of an economic first responder? That's an economic first responder. Well, it's real. Think of Star Bank. Star Bank is saving local businesses as an economic first responder in the Twin Cities the West Metro, and rural Minnesota. StarBank has been helping small businesses keep their lights on, pay their rent, pay their employees for months now. 
In fact, Star Bank has helped 629 local businesses during this pandemic. And they've been keeping small businesses on Minnesota's main streets as well. Keeping small businesses alive. Economic first responders, indeed. You know, Star Bank is our local hero during this pandemic. Find Star Bank at starbank.net on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Bank locally with Star Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. That's my choice, Star Bank. Ron Shera here. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Yeah, it's it's super valuable. I mean, that... Because there is a learning curve as much as, you know, if you grow up doing it as a kid, you don't really realize the learning curve. But if you're stepping into it as an adult, um, it is, yeah, you're right. It's completely different than at on a game farm. And you're completely accurate in saying when you get out there hunting with a lot of highly skilled hunters, which is no problem, but they take shots really fast. And there's even been times with myself, I find myself, I get almost lazy because someone's like, I literally tell myself, I'm like, oh, they'll get it. Don't even pull a trigger or try. I mean, I was like, why am I doing that? Because I'm like, oh, and I just enjoy watching the dogs work and the pheasants fly. But sometimes I literally have said in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to get it. <laughs> Which you're happens, right. Like, right. So yes, now, that absolutely happens. Yeah. So um, to have a, a place, again, that middle ground place where you just keep learning and learning and learning. And um, Tina Dawkin had her, she did an all women's thing too. And I think that was a success. Um, but the fact that you're doing one in October for the pheasant opener is awesome. Um, is there like certain gear? We always talk about women's gear and I, I get questions a lot just on gear in general, cause there is still kind of a wild west happening with women's gear and there's more coming out. But is there specific gear like regarding upland bird hunting? We'll start there that you particularly like that you think is great for women. You know, there Tina and I had a big discussion about this and she did a great job. She got a lot of vendors come in and, and kind of give different tips and things for me. What are you most comfortable in? Um, we are doing a lot of walking a lot a lot, a lot of walking. So I think comfortability, at least for me, is is very important. Um, I happen to wear jeans with a belt and I wear chaps, which are um, protecting, Just I just pull them over my jeans. They protect me from burrs and prickers and different things like that. And a good hiking boot. Um, there are some great pants out there that women can wear too. Um, Proas is a brand name that comes to mind. They are very stretchy and and light. Um, people seem to like those. DSG clothing has some uh, good a good women's line. I like their stuff. I wear that for deer hunting. They have a jacket that I like to wear in a overall bib that actually has a drop down in the back. So um, when you're out there and you need to go to the bathroom, um, you have that. Uh, Finally, someone thought access. of that. Yes, finally, someone did. So DSG for those. Um, so, you know, and everybody's vest is differently. So everybody carries different stuff in your hunting vest. I have a dog, so I like a vest that's going to have a lot of room in the back that I can carry a lot of birds because I do. And, of course, I'm carrying that extra weight, and then you're getting it's you're warmer. So it's all, you know, it's comfortability for me. Other people might think differently. Um, gloves are a factor. Shooting eyeglasses are personal choice. Um, ear protection, personal choice. Hunting vest, personal choice. It's just, um, you know, my motto, there's just so much more now. When I first started, it was one size fits all men. And I'm not kidding. Like I lived in a men's medium forever. 
Um, So it's kind of nice to see that they are coming out with some stuff, but I still think there's a lot, a lot of room to grow when it comes to different things. And, you know, for women, we're just all so shaped differently. And um, a lot of the men's stuff, men have way narrower hips. Well, women don't, especially Mm -hmm. those that have had children. Um, So it's kind of, it's hit or miss, but get out there and try some different brands and see what you like and what you feel comfortable with and use common sense. If it's going to be cold and windy and, and things like that, well, then you better have warm hats and sometimes gloves. And if it's going to be hot, you can always, you know, de-layer is much easier than adding layers out in the middle of the field. Um, so it's, it's truly, for me, it's all personal preference. Um, and there's so many ways that if a woman is interested in getting started and different things like that, that she can reach out to other maybe possible um, women hunters that they happen to follow on social media and ask. They're all, I would hope, very willing to give their personal opinion on what works best for them. And and everyone can kind of take it from there. Yeah, I think where uh, I find it to get challenging is when the temperatures start dropping and you start doing any upland hunting when there's snow or wind chill or things like that, the layers, I personally feel make it harder to get your gun in the right spot to, you know, to really be able to be effective. Um, and that's probably cause I just have less practice of, of shooting with all those layers on and like a scarf. And I mean, it's at some point I'm like, I can't even move my arms anymore cause I have so many layers on, but, um, I didn't know if there's a certain company that you found that actually has a jacket that's warm yet still, movable. My secret to everything from riding horse in the winter to pheasant hunting to deer hunting is I own everything heated. Um, I have a heated vest. I have heated socks. I have a heated jacket. I have a heated hat. I have heated gloves. I have a a heated muff that I can put my hands into. Um, Yep. you're, You're a walking battery. I'm a walking battery. That isn't true. Scent Lock just came out with a vest for men, of course, but it's you actually charge the jacket itself. You don't carry a. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you don't carry a battery. And I have so many batteries, I don't even know what goes to what. And sometimes they don't all go to each other. And I learned that too and fried some stuff, but well, that's a different story. Either way, um, you know, do some research out there. There is, there's lots of. Lots and lots of different stuff that you can do um, as far as that. But yes, I a heated vest for me is is huge. Just the vest. Um, because if you're keeping, you know, your core warm and once you start walking and uh, tromping through everything and stuff like that, you usually you'll warm up pretty fast. And it's keeping your face. Um, I like to use kind of not necessarily a scarf because I don't want things to get tangled up but um gosh Laura we used to get a gift from um our mother's godmother every year do you remember what that was that she would bring us or send us uh it was a dicky yeah yeah, there you go (laughs) (laughs) how could I forget (laughs) yes but now they have like thinner ones and things like that just to break the wind um from your cheeks or kind of black the sun or things like that. They're much more fashionable than they were when you and I received them. But um, you, that's the like, Dickies are back. Is that what you're saying? They are, or but I want to feel like they have a different name. Oh, they're a buff. There you go. Yes. <laughs> the buff. Those are great. So that's where Laura comes in and her fashion stuff is 100% all about that. forget it. Me, Clubus. <laughs> Yeah, those buffs are fantastic. I use those in um, when I'm fishing too, because to keep the sun off your face, they're like really great. Um, and I've even purchased the the buff gloves that they have now too. That if you want to keep that direct sun off your face or your hands, they're they're really good. Um, but I agree with you. There's still room to grow, especially in the upland bird hunting um, apparel. They, it does still seem to be a little bit limited, but each year it seems like a little bit more and more keeps coming out um, because it's no longer a um, anomaly to see women out in the field, which is awesome. But yeah, it, it, 
It's great. I would love um, more presence. I wish there was an answer for everything as far as one direction that women can go to go in, but it's not all one size fits all. Um, you know, Sika has the great pants too, but they're expensive. It's a yeah. high price point. Um, they're worth it if you if you want to in, make that big of investment. But if you're just getting started, I I don't know if you go down and tell you no for sure. This is a, definitely a passion of yours. Um, but like I that said, ProS is good. DSG is good. What about She Outdoors? Have you tried any of that? Um, I haven't. That's carried out of the Cabela's line, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, their sizing is all different. So it's, it's try on, try on, try on. That's (laughs) just like everything else a woman has to go through. That's why I love shoes. One size. Yep. That's my size. But, um, so yeah, I really haven't tried, uh, she outdoors myself, but that's absolutely another option. Well, I haven't tried that one either, but you're, you're right. It's, you kind of have to pick and play and, um, that's one thing that becomes a little bit challenging with the outdoors. If you love to dabble in a little bit of everything, if you, you know, like to do a little bit of turkey hunting or a little bit of duck hunting, a little bit of pheasant hunting, and then some deer hunting, you're looking at a lot of different gear and things that you need. So um, it is a good idea to choose wisely on things. Now you're into different camel patterns and pheasant hunting, you don't need to have camo, but you need to have your blaze orange. And when you're deer hunting, there's bow season. Like for me, it's duck season. Well, it's supposed to rain all weekend. So I'm like, okay, well, that means I better find my rain gear, which needs to be camel rain gear, which not all of it is. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. That's true. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not easy to get that meal. Yes. We'll just... Uh, stick to the one thing right now and, and encouraging other women to get into the outdoors to try one of the programs that Bo Becoming an Outdoor Woman's offers. Um, they have some great weekend retreats. I did a walleye fishing this spring in June, brought some ladies out walleye fishing for the first time. And it's just so wonderful to hear when they just say, you know what it was for me? It was about the experience. It was the different types of walleye fishing that we were doing from, you know, we're casting with the jigs and we're using live scope and you're using different spinners and then there's bobber fishing and all kinds of different things. So I just would love to bring the experience to uh, those that are willing to, to go out and try. And, you know, sadly what I do find too is ladies just are not willing to spend the money on themselves but I also encourage you know that allow yourself to do that allow yourself to even if it's one trip a year whatever it is if you really love it and really want to try it you deserve it it's very true I was just listening to a podcast today I think it was Arthur Brooks it's a a doctor who studies happiness and he was saying um, the ultimate happiness is comes from experiences and memories which of course we all say like, duh, but sometimes we don't actually live that life. So I agree. If there's something that's been on your list of things you want to do and accomplish to never be afraid to go give it a try. Um, there are so many ways and experts out there willing to help, um, such as yourself. And it's not about how good you are at something. It's just a matter of just getting out there and trying it. And that's the best experience that you can give yourself is just trying things new and seeing new experiences and having those memories or connecting with other people, and all of those things. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. If it's on your list to do, give it a go. And there's no age that you, you don't age out in the outdoors. It's not like there's a certain point where you're like, Oh, I'm too old to give that a try. That's like non-existent, which I kind of love. Like there's some women that are in 65 and it's their first time deer hunting. I'm like, great. Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Absolutely. And it isn't. And we're accountable. If you decide to join us out in South Dakota and you really can't do that much walking, we will find a spot for you in the field. Um, we'll use blockers. You don't have to walk everywhere. There'll be buses that will pick us up. There's four wheelers that can bring you down the field. There's, we will find a way to accommodate. We just would love to have your company. So awesome. Well, my sister, we're going to have to have you back on the on the podcast to spill more childhood secrets. Um, 
Um, but you are a wealth of knowledge in the outdoors and you have been um, an avid outdoors woman years before it was ever popular to do so. So I am excited to have you on the podcast and I would love to have you back to share more. Um, but if people want to find more about you and then also your um, event coming up for women, where can they find you? On social media. Um, you can find me at Simone Shara on Instagram. I'm also on Simone Shara on Facebook. Um, I do what I, one of the many hats that I also wear besides doing some puppy training and dog training here and there. Um, I run our dad's calendar business. So yes. I can be reached via outdoorcalendars.com. Um, you can reach me there. And uh, if you're interested in going out to Hillsview Hunts, uh, you can reach out to Kevin Smalley. And uh, his number is 605-216-0782 or hillsviewhunts with an S at gmail.com. Um, he's taking all the reservations for that hunt. Again, please come and join us. We'd love to have you. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you in the outdoors. Love it. Yes, the outdoor calendar business. My sister's the one doing all that magic behind that business. It's been around since 1986, by the way, which is still amazing. And you're in the thick of it now, getting all the calendars out for 2024, right? Uh, we are doing the 2024 and I have been working it since 1986, I swear. Um, <laughs> are you that old? Is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. From the age of two, I was stuffing envelopes. So oh. a lot of people don't know. It is a, it's a small uh, mom and pop uh ordeal but we have an online store and uh, I do process all the orders and we sell to a lot of businesses and, and I enjoy it I get a lot of the same customers that do call me um, every year and we have some pretty good chit chats and some and loyal people and uh, for those that don't know it's an outdoor information calendar that will give you all your hunting and fishing season dates for the year your sunrise sunset times moon rise in times, um, different things happening in nature. And of course, it reminds you of April 23rd, Ron Shara's birthday, where he consistently tells you he will maybe mature next year. So of course, his I'm sure humor lives on. Says, send cash. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has two daughters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I think we should get dad on the next podcast with the two of us. That should be interesting. But Oh, I'm sure he's got lots of stories. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He does. All right, dear. Well, thank you for joining us on the Minnesota Bound podcast. And uh, good luck duck hunting in South Dakota this weekend. Um, and hopefully you and I will get out into the field together this fall. That'd be great. We will. We'll do our annual pheasant hunt with our father and uh, your nephew. That'd be great. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Bond Podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors for their support as well. They are Grain Belt, North Dakota Tourism, Heat Hog, Star Bank, Connecticut Water Systems, Minnesota Propane Association, and Rudy Luther Toyota. So thanks again, Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Remember, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm -hmm.